بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد I'm in Metinigu Park again I'm at this little pond at the beginning just after the first bridge as you take the left there's a pair of mallards there which is feeding or trying to find some food uh, the pond is very shallow marshy it's uh, full of weeds but that gives it all these colors and uh, you can see some of the reflection of the leaves of the trees on the side and uh, these mallards are there's a male and a female just a pair and it's a beautiful beautiful bright cold morning in western massachusetts subhanallah every time i look at this i thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the opportunity to see so much beauty alhamdulillah 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 um, some people complain about how you know, they say, oh, all the leaves are gone, all the color is gone. And, um, but my take on this is that this constant and continuous change is, uh, is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, min ayatillah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us uh, over and over again how there is beauty in everything that he creates. There is beauty in the youth, of course, but there is, uh, you have to look at, subhanAllah, I mean, I um, am always amazed at the sheer beauty, the dignity of an old Muslim man with a full beard. Amazing. I'm always floored with the beauty of an elderly Muslim woman in a hijab. Uh, this is not a religious thing. I'm talking about from an aesthetic perspective. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's you, 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 you. Uh, there was a man. Uh, I was in, uh, in 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 Makkah in the Haram, and <clears throat> I was um, in the bookshop. Uh, so this elderly, uh, the kind of man I mentioned to you, it says an old Muslim man with a full white beard. Uh, almost, you know, down to the middle of his chest, almost. And he was trying to explain to the shopkeeper, who was a Malayali from Kerala, uh, about some book that he wanted. And he wasn't getting very far because he was speaking in Arabic and the shopkeeper seemed to have very little of it. And so I, I saw this and I, obviously, since I speak, you know, I mean, both languages, if I can say that, not particularly well, but I'd have enough to uh, make sense. So I, um, I did the translation and uh, he was very happy. So he raised his hands and he said, May Allah give you a wife who doesn't trouble you and who will obey you. So I said, Sheikh, may Allah bless you. I already have such a wife. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. So... As I was saying, there's this fantastic scenery, it's absolutely beautiful scenery. I have the sun in my face, so I don't know, you probably will see some reflection of the light on the, on the, in the picture, so forgive me for that, but um, some of the, of the color, as you can see, is still there, and uh, that's all for the good. So it adds some more color to the scenes, but color or no color, Everything has its own unique, unique, unique beauty. Um, 
Now, the thing I, I want to sort of share with you, the thought uh, process in my mind, uh, that has to do with, um, people have been asking, they're saying, you know, whatever is happening in Palestine, how did we get here, how did we, as Muslims, how did we end up in the situation where we can literally, be, literally, we can be mass slaughtered, and Palestine is not the only thing. If we saw before Palestine, uh, we saw what was happening to the Rohingyas in uh, Myanmar, uh, continues to happen. We saw what is happening and has been happening uh, to the Uyghurs in China. Uh, we are told that they are actually harvesting organs from them. Uh, so it's it's incredibly bad, in incredibly bad. Uh, I don't even want to get into the uh, discussion of which is worse, because all uh, life, human life, is is precious, and uh, the loss of any human life is hugely, hugely regrettable. And it's something that is that amazes me that we t simultaneously talk about civilization, about um, education about religion and we can't even get the the most basic thing right which is killing people is not okay i mean what is so complicated and complex about understanding that killing people is not okay <clears throat> the first uh, the big sins and he said the first one is to join partners with allah subhanahu which is shirk and he said the second one is to take a human life unjustly so murder, killing somebody. We have the Quran where the girls who were buried alive, and of course this applies to all uh, children who are killed. And I say, I won't even use the word without cause because there can be no cause to kill children. No matter which child, no matter what kind of child. And think about this. We know, our Aqidah, that every child is born on the fitrah. And what is the fitra? The fitra is the nature of the child. And what is the nature of the child? La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. The nature of the child is tawhid, which means that every single child who is born is a Muslim child. And the Prophet said, it is the parents who change the religion later. When the child can now think and so on and so forth, the parents are the ones who convert that child into a Christian child or a Jewish child or a Hindu child or any other religion. The child was born a Muslim and the child remains a Muslim uh, until he or she is converted to something else. So every single child who is killed is a Muslim child who is killed. So I think this also bears some thought. Uh, when we think about the the wars and the things that happen and how and we have this killing of innocents, killing of young children, killing of women, um, not justifiable at all. And think about this also, that no matter which child is killed in which war, it was a Muslim child that was killed. It was a Muslim child who died. So, give it some thought. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, uh, to have mercy on us and to save us from ourselves. Because especially with regard to the killing of Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, مَنْ قَتَلَ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا فَجَزَاءُهُ جَهَنَّمُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا بَدًا
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the one who kills a mu'min, a believer, um, the reward for him, and that reward, the word reward is used in a, in a sarcastic sense, is Jahannam, is the hellfire, where he will remain forever. In the case of adults, you can argue, and not for the case of, or not for the sake of uh, justifying murder, but one can say, well, you know, Allah said Mu'minan, he didn't say Musliman, so am I a Muslim, am I a Mu'min? But with children, with children, every child is a Mu'min. So when you're killing children, when people are killing children, this is what's, this is what's happening. We ask Allah to save us from ourselves. And um, so the question always is, therefore, what must we do? Now, we have talked about and we have heard enough about what is happening in uh, Palestine. And we continue to make dua for justice. We continue to make dua for mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We continue to ask, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection for the innocents and for punishment for the oppressors. <coughs> Question is, beyond this what? Because this will also end one day. Whichever way it ends, it will end because everything ends. And then what? Is that a, will we just have a, a recess until the next cycle? Or is there a way of doing something that will change this so that there will not be any need for any more of such cycles. You know the famous uh, famous slogan, quote, whatever, to say that um, history, um, nations that don't learn from history are condemned to repeat it. History doesn't repeat in a literal sense because obviously as time passes, those particular specific people have have died, have left the world. But history does repeat itself in terms of the circumstances and the situations and the challenges. And uh, if you look at different times of history, it's quite easy to connect one to the other and say that the challenges, for example, when people in 1857 uh, in the Indian what is called the First War of Independence or the Sepoy Mutiny, depending on who's writing, the challenges they faced with the challenges that uh, were faced later on in 1947, a hundred years later. It's very easy to see the parallels and the comparisons between, and, I'm, and now I'm going back much more, uh, between the society, the, what comprises society, what were the societal norms on which that society was built and um, so on. In the 7th century Arabia that Muhammad Rasulullah was born in and grew up in and where he raised uh, his voice for Tawheed, where he preached Islam, those times and strangely enough our current modern day times. Now those of you who have read my books on the Seerah, as well as who have listened to and continue to listen to the lectures on Seerah. I think uh, currently last Thursday was the 44th or the 45th lecture uh, on the Seerah and Nabawiya. So uh, you, you will see, and of course there are many other lectures. So the point, point being that you will quite easily see the parallels between society 
in the 7th century and today. It's important to to uh, draw these parallels. It's, before that, it's, it's very important to read history and not just one from one place, but multiple sources and be objective in who you read. That's why I'm saying multiple sources, because some people write history, which is really propaganda, uh, uh, not very well disguised. I won't even say propaganda in disguise because you can see through that disguise quite easily. So it's not even particularly good disguise, but it's basically propaganda. Um, they write about people as if they're their favorite people. They write about them as if they're absolutely perfect, never did anything wrong. Uh, and anything wrong that they did, which was so blatant and clear and in the face that you can't hide it, uh, they try to gloss over it. They try to find excuses for them and so on, and the opposite for those who they don't like, uh, who they leave no stone unturned to malign them and to destroy their reputation and so on. And this is a terrible way and a terrible waste and an absolute squandering of time and, and knowledge if you do that to yourself, because you're not doing it to anybody else, you're doing it to yourself, where you are taking the time and trouble to read something but you get nothing out of it. So don't do that. Read history objectively and then as you're reading, keep an eye open for situations that parallel and that are uh, that are um, similar to the ones that we are living in today. And the biggest reason to do that is because that way you can learn lessons at somebody else's expense. You don't have to pay for that lesson. The lesson is extremely valuable. We need it, but we don't necessarily have to suffer to learn that lesson because somebody else suffered already and they wrote about it and we uh, are able to now learn that lesson without suffering. The, that's the whole point of reading. Reading connects you across time, across, across boundaries, uh, connects you with people who, are, who, are, who live lives which were much richer than our lives, or much more, had much more variety, had they faced challenges which make our challenges uh, seem like the challenges of mice. Uh, they faced situations and difficulties and then they overcame them. They beat those things and they succeeded and they, and they were victorious. And the only way that you and I are going to know about that is if we read history. Uh, there is no other way, you know, time machines have not been invented yet. Uh, and even if there were, imagine being dropped into Khawarizm just before Genghis attacked it. I definitely wouldn't want to be in that place. But if you look at what the Sultan of Khawarizm did and um, his decision making, uh, if I can call it that, which was uh, completely suicidal uh, because of bad intelligence, because of uh, arrogance, because of believing things about himself and his times that were not rooted in, literally in observation and fact. Now, if you take this lesson out of there and say, what is it that is happening today in my time, which is factual, which is clear, which is um, which is rooted in um, in actual, you know, 
uh, observation, something which is rooted in things which I can see and touch and smell and and and, and watch and taste. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Um, and what do I learn? So, this is the point. So, the point is that we don't have to get into a time machine and land ourselves in a place where we probably won't come out of their life, but sit in the comfort of our homes, in our schools, and read history. The only... Um, and I, and I'm, I'm very anal about this. I'm very hardcore about the importance of reading. Uh, the only exception I make is uh, podcasts, which are literally just the, you know, like audiobooks. Somebody is reading out the book to you. Um, without that person putting in his or her take on that. It's not that I'm against that. I've been, I've recommended the Empire podcast to a lot of people because William Dalrymple and Anita Anand are uh, among my favorite, favorite podcasters. They do a fabulous job. Um, and it's a different podcast. They're not reading. It's their take on different books. And this is good, alhamdulillah. But I... Now, I listen to that usually after having read the book myself. And that's that's the point I'm making. So, try and read the book yourself. And then, of course, listen to the podcast, which gives you a perspective on it. And you don't just follow that perspective by the nose. You have your own ideas about it and you use them. More later, inshallah, in the context of going ahead, what do we need to do um, to create a situation where we become the thought leaders of the world. Thought leaders of the world. I don't just say leaders because leaders, the whole problem with today's world is the concept of leadership and how people want to get it, which is a 2,000-year-old, as far as I'm concerned, a thoroughly failed and dead concept of leadership through military expansion and military power. It never worked. It never will. And all it does is it spreads misery after misery after misery. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from that, from save us from being people who spread misery and enable us to be people who spread only and only goodness. وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمه الله